Hi everyone, this is another installment of Art Blog Radio. My name, my name is Imani Roach and we are recording on site at Asian Arts Initiative where they're gearing up for their 25th anniversary celebration which starts this Thursday, May 3rd. Uh, today we've got two really fascinating artists with us, um, Byron Oyoung and Aaron Jif... Barris. <laughs> with the pause, <laughs> yes. Um, their collaboration, um, which is entitled Activist Songbook, is one of several uh, P-funded exchange projects that's been specially commissioned to help commemorate this momentous anniversary for Asian Arts. Uh, so Byron and Aaron, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Um, thank you. So I want to just start off by asking how you met um, and sort of how you started collaborating. So we met um, while we were both students at the Graduate Musical Theater Writing Program at NYU. Um, and uh, I think one of the things that brought us together was we were both perhaps um, uh, intrigued and excited by the potential of uh, musicals and also um, disliked musicals or, or, or I don't know, a, a lot of them and, and were interested in, in um, uh, both other theatrical worlds and other um, music worlds. Um, and uh, so I came from the world of, of hip-hop and hip-hop theater. Yeah, and I, I come from the classical music world and avant-garde performance art world. So um, I think uh, it was exciting to to, um, to f find someone who was not writing uh, quite as traditional musical theater stuff, and also um, the uh, the way in which our respective music worlds kind of challenged and collided with each other was exciting, and um, we had a shared interest in how um, art is affected by what's happening in the world and in turn can affect what is happening in the world. Um, so we started writing about um, things that perhaps uh, were connected to our personal stories but also were connected to some larger issues that were going on in the world at the time. In this, I think, was it 2004 that we started working with each other? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, a few years after 9-11 being in New York, it, it was charged. Um, and like Aaron mentioned, we're not necessarily musical theater guys, and yet we're in this writing program together. I mean, one of the great things about NYU is that they choose a really broad continuum of, of people uh, to expand uh, the, you know, kind of the ideas and, and things that are happening there. So, um, but one thing, because, you know, I'm not a hip-hop guy, the uh, things that I think brought us together was, one of the things I had done before is I hadn't set any text in English hmm. for eight years prior to coming to NYU, and oh. so one of my reasons for being in a musical theater writing program was to, was to come back to 
setting text in English, and Aaron writes a lot of text in multiple languages. So, so that you know, because I felt like there's something really direct. Um, but the thing also that brings us together is formally, uh, my work is is singing and drumming. Like that's the basis of my work, and I think hip hop too. It's hmm. it's a beat and a rapper, and so there's. Yeah, so, so that, that brings us together. Yeah. Um, so what is Activist Songbook? What can we expect? And how did the idea behind it come to you? Activist Songbook is, it, it will be a collection of 53 songs, raps, instructions to counteract hate. And it's actually our third major collaboration together. So it's, it's the third of a trilogy. Um, and one of the, uh, so one of the layers of the trilogy is uh, an Asian American male who receives media attention in America. And so with this one, the Asian American male is Vincent Chin, who in 1982 was, was beaten and murdered in Detroit. Um, and what the, another layer of this trilogy is ways out of oppression. And so the way out of oppression for this hate crime was the amount of organizing that happened nationally with Asian Americans and, and allies. So um, prompted by that um, uh, organizing, we are going to various places throughout the country, beginning with Philadelphia and interviewing and meeting with um, various Asian American, uh, Asian refugee, Asian immigrant organizers and activists, and even people who don't necessarily consider themselves activists, but are um, doing work that is uh, activating um, people and, 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 and uh, combating hate crimes, um, uh, we're interviewing and meeting with those people and then um, uh, creating, as Byron said, songs and raps and chants and instructions from their stories, their campaigns, their ideas, their passions, um, and simultaneously asking them what these things that we create could be used for in what context, for what purpose, for, for, for what people. Um, and those answers inform the work that we create. Um, so we're trying to create um, work that will be useful to current organizers and activists in Philadelphia and elsewhere. Um, you know, I was thinking earlier about the kinds of uh, references that people usually have for protest music, like the you know the anti-Vietnam War movement, um, or you know the civil rights movement of the 1960s, um, and I think you know within those contexts, Asian Americans typically don't come to the forefront of people's minds. People who are not Asian American themselves, um, and so you know part of what's so fascinating about this piece to me is that it really highlights. Um, work that a lot of people don't know about in communities that a lot of people uh, who are not Asian American themselves are sort of unaware of, but who I think you know do play a really fundamental and important part in sort of our political landscape. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, how do you 
go about sort of representing that population? How do you think about um, sort of Asian American activism specifically? Yeah, I think it's important that representation comes from the individual and, and the community. So definitely like these great protest songs and these, these great songs that are currently used in rallies and marches, and they've mentioned it, right? Um, I mean, songs that we know, We Shall Overcome, and um, there are these different songs. Um, and in, in one of the interviews in particular, there was a question about these songs because they are 50 years old, yeah. right? They're, they've been around, and actually they're, they're older, older than, than, that, than that, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're from gospel right. and blues. They're from these different, different traditions. Um, so one is the question of, you know, is existing material, song material used um, to uh, gather people to make change? Does that actually reflect who um, who the population singing are? Yeah. Um, and when Erin mentioned like how how can this be useful in your own or organizing work? Yeah. There there were because there were um, DACA uh, sit-ins at the airport and they were saying oh we're singing Spanish language songs but we actually don't speak Spanish we you know I mean. You know, I mean, many are learning English right. also. So, um, so there was a call for multilingual songs in different Asian languages. There was, you know, it, it's continually like figuring out, okay, if, if we're going to um, uh, interview people and, and ask about their stories and experiences and, and what has uh, made them strong through difficult experiences as a way to help other people be strong right through these songs then then you know what is the best way that that we can craft that i think that the other thing that um is particularly interesting for me i, I think my so uh, i'm a white person um and uh my experience in activism and organizing was kind of like you talked about informed by you know like civil rights struggle anti-war um and uh um but but has been really focused on undoing racism work and um the context of that has for me in the past mostly been black and white yeah. um both literally and, and metaphorically um, and the uh, Asian American activism and organizing really complicates that and one of the ways in which it, it's it, it, it does that and that I'm, I'm just kind of learning about through this project and the people with whom we've met um, you know there's so many different within the Asian American community there's so many different languages so many different traditions and cultures um, and the um, the the work that has to be done, the really necessary and important and beautiful work that has to be done to bridge and to connect those different um, cultures, languages, and whatnot in one organizing struggle is something that um, I think we can all learn from. Um, and there was, uh, in particular, um, one campaign at... Uh, at South Philly High School um, that uh, one of the people with 
with whom we met um, talked about it, that was talking in particular about the the, um, the challenges and then the um, the gifts of organizing between Chinese and Vietnamese immigrants and then between Chinese Vietnamese and black student leaders um, and that in turn connected with what one of another the other people we interviewed uh, said about um, every time we come together we win um, and so that led to a, a lyric that's something like when um, the system separates us by our tongues, by our skin, where we're from, where we've been, but every time we come together, we win. Um, when, uh, when we come together, we begin to recognize the bigger struggle we are in. So every time we come together, we win. And that's something that I feel like um, I'm learning about uh, the, the way, for example, that the organizing happened after Vincent Chin was killed. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I think it's something that is, um, is important across communities. Yeah. So linguistically, are these songs in English primarily? Are they like across various languages and dialects? Right now, they're mostly in English because um, because we mostly speak English, and we've been we've been uh, just trying to write like first and second drafts of, of, of these. But a next step is um, is uh, translating them into into some other languages. Um, some of that is happening this week. Uh, we have one we have one rap that is also in Spanish because I also speak Spanish, but. Um, uh, but yeah, there's some tr translating happening this week. And musically, Byron, um, like what are the characteristics of protest music? You know, like what makes a protest song as opposed to a pop song or a folk song or, you know, whatever else? Oh, um, I, I think they're actually pretty related with folk songs and pop songs okay. um, and chants. I mean, one one nice moment was when someone we were talking with said don't forget the sacred hmm. right and you know thinking about protest songs coming from gospel coming Definitely. from faith traditions yeah. and then here we are like not starting from a, a sacred organizing place and yet when people come together to chant something there is that and so I think um, characteristics are uh, a simplicity, a directness. Mm -hmm. We've also realized, uh, actually in the last, in March when we started rehearsing with performers, Erin and I realized that the, because we had titles like Be Silent and Invisible, <laughs> right? And um, for musical theater songs, it, it makes sense because a character would have a turn, right? And then they would, they would not be silent. Right. They would not be invisible. Um, so we realized in titling the, the activist numbers that they had to be like, we are leaders and um, we will not be silent, right? And so that there's, there is already a positive, um, energized uh, coming together with, with this direct action work. And that's actually, I think, reflected in the content of the songs too. The very first draft that, that we did of the song, We Are Leaders, 
back when it was titled <laughs> "Be Silent," the the lyric itself of the of the rap was um, really focused more. I think you know, coming from from a, like a theatrical um, mindset, was focused more on the struggle that this young person went through at South Philly High, like all the the um, you know the beatings, the bullying, the. Um, uh, it was leaning more in that direction, and when we met with the organizer himself, uh, on, on whose story this uh, rap is based, he was like, yeah, that's all true, but what we want this piece to do is to inspire young people like me, who are in that kind of situation, not depress them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not make them feel more hopeless, and so, um, uh, and so, um, what that meant is, you know, we kept some, you know, some of that at the beginning, um, and then uh, wrote uh, a lot more. Um, in fact, way too much for Byron to possibly set to music. <laughs> About eight pages. <laughs> uh, eight, eight pages of, of rap that's more focused on the, the organizing and the like. You know, the let's do this. We are leaders. Uh, part of things, and, and so I think the. Um, finding a lyrical and musical energy um, that uh, for this particular piece is really like um, driving and kind of uh, momentum building mm -hmm. is important but that's perhaps only one kind of protest song right. like there are others like Byron was talking about that are um, uh, more sacred or, or, or more about like um, uh, connecting people with with beauty and, and humanity so I think we're actually still interested in, in figuring out like what makes a really successful protest song like how does it become something that many people use yeah. and that's part of you know the excitement about launching as part of Asian Arts Initiative's 25th anniversary celebration because they were also founded in response to a beating, right? In this case, the Rodney King beating really? in 1992. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and 25 years. Yeah, right, in Los wow, Angeles. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of the, the devastation of the uh, what was um, told by the media as this inter-ethnic hate yeah. between Korean-Americans and in black Americans in South LA. So, you know, Asian Arts Initiative trying to understand those nuances more mm. and, and deal with that. So, uh, I think, yeah, I, I mean, for a protest song to ultimately work, you need people protesting, and yes. we don't necessarily have that, right? Because we're, we're celebrating, <laughs> but we're introducing the songs, yeah. and there's a pretty good chance gifting. that protests Exactly, exactly, yeah, right? And, and gifting the songs and so people can have it, right? And definitely the, the, I mean, one of the things we changed after January is, oh, we actually, the musicians we work with may not necessarily be like musical theater actors. Right. They, they will be people, so we have a teacher uh, who teaches at FACS hmm. here, a great school teacher. Um, actually, we have two two great school teachers. Um, one is a music teacher, one teaches social studies, um, and they're interested in, you know, in the themes of the work, and, and they're also instructors, and so it was really important for us to 
to uh, work with people who were comfortable singing and also like, can you teach something to a crowd in five minutes? So that's part of what interests, I mean, there's a lot of things that interest me about this project, <laughs> but one of the many things that interests me um, is the de decision to sort of score it, um, or to like, to notate it, I mean, um, as opposed to try to transmit it in some other way, in recording, orally, or something. Um, it, on the one hand, it feels um, very accessible, like it, it becomes a tool that you really can like print out or email out or send around in, in a certain way. Um, but it also, I, I just have never seen protest music, like no one's ever, I would never see a, like a sheet music for We Shall Overcome, you know, like that's not relevant, you know, that's, um, so I, I'm curious about, um, like if you were thinking about that instruction process and that's sort of why you chose to sort of actually set it um, like on uh, to notate it or like how did that yeah. decision get made? So, uh, so, so that's, that's what, um, so, so that's the, the notation is, is what we do as writers. But one, one thing that has opened up from, we started interviewing in October, we were back in January and then also March. Um, is one of the youth leaders said, oh, you know, we learn from videos. So in March, we did make some instructional videos, huh. <laughs> but um, I think because they were, they were instructional videos and they were kind of disconnected, um, Aaron said it was like bad propaganda. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll work on them. We'll continue to finesse them. Um, to, to figure out like what would be useful. Um, I think podcasts are useful, you write anything, and so we're, we're you know, figuring out how can we record certain songs too. Yeah. But I think there is a power in the, the teaching, also the notation, so, uh, so there, there are these long songs, like We Are Leaders, right, which is an eight-page rap, uh, and then there are these one-page songs that are three lines yeah. that can be memorized right. and taught in five minutes. Right. Um, and Really, what a, what a score is, what sheet music is, is it's a set of instructions, right? And it's it's a mnemonic device. You see it. It's like, oh yeah, I remember the lyric, I remember the contour of the melody. Um, I'm also using, along with Western notation, I use numbers. Hmm. So if people sing four, three, oh, two, one, yeah. right? So 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 you know to to open up, yeah. you know, ways that because uh, a uh, piece of paper is technology too, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so, so it's that reminder. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I, just, I, I think it's not like um, scores as opposed to any other way of learning. It's, it's, it's in addition to. Um, so we're uh, hoping to come out of this with, with, you know, with videos, with audio recording, um, uh, and with just, um, you know, uh, Dozens of excited teenagers running through the cities, uh, <laughs> singing something. Yeah. And so then, where does this go? Like once it's been, um, I guess, sort of, what is the nature of the experience that we should expect this weekend? And then, like, how do you take the feedback from that, and how does it get sort of recycled? Um, um, redirected into the, the work in the future. So the experience Thursday, Friday, Saturday will vary um, 
there are on uh, Thursday and Friday there are some uh, bus rides in between other um, Asian Arts Initiative 25th anniversary celebration events, uh, you know, art openings and installations. Um, and so for the most part on the bus rides, we'll be doing some of these rally songs, which are the ones that are easily teachable and learnable. And so people will be, um, will be participating, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be learning uh, some things. And then um, there will be uh, mostly here at Asian Arts Initiative, some of the longer uh, kind of narrative songs that will be performed, um, some of which might have a, a rally part to, to, to them, um, so the audience might join in a little bit, uh, but it'll be mostly be these performers. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the experience that people will have of activist songbook, kind of these pop-up performances on buses or, or connected to other uh, Asian Arts Initiative events. Yeah, and you know, as with any first audience, it's like, well, this one, they're sing-alongs so on yeah. a bus, so, you know, we'll, we'll gauge if and that, that will inform, yeah, <laughs> if, if they sing along or they're like, oh my goodness. This is so irrelevant to, <laughs> to what I want to do right now. Uh, but hopefully they will, because I, I think the movement of the bus and, and you know, that feel. Um, so yeah, and then, you know, we'll, we'll go back. I mean, we're we, actually the other, so I, I mentioned this is the third in a trilogy. The other two, the first two, we're continuing to rewrite as well, based on um, things that are happening in the country. And, and so, yeah, so we're, we actually have we continue to revise things. Um, I, I, I do hope, though, that with, with this one, at least with the rally songs, that we can, you know, say, okay, this, this one is finished. Especially thinking that we're going to do 53. <laughs> so, okay, this was, why 53? What was the reason for that? Is there a particular significance to 53? Yeah, so it's so a number. Um, uh, a number, it's a prime number, it's a special prime number. Also, they're 52 weeks in a year, hmm. so we're thinking, you know, one for each week and then the next oh, year, right? So it continues on. Also, in a deck of cards, there are 52 cards, uh -huh. um, and usually two jokers, but in this case, there's one joker. <laughs> it's Byron. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, <laughs> we know who it is. Um, so, yeah. So, so that's that's why 53 and I, I think there's something about a number that is impossible and yet not that is useful yeah. for this project as well yeah. absolutely well thank you so much for coming in and speaking to us I can't wait to see the work and follow it and see where it goes from here where are you going next after Philly like what's the next city stop for this project do you know yet so I'm, I'm based in San Francisco, um, and I've started to interview people in the Bay Area. Fantastic. Yeah. And Aaron, you're based in Connecticut? I'm based in New Haven, Connecticut, yeah. And so, um, uh, yeah, I've been um, thinking about how, how this might find its way into, um, if not, uh, you know, a theater or arts organization, just into some of the, the organizing that's happening there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. As I already said, um, 
For everyone listening, this has been another installment of Artblog Radio. My name is Imani Roach. Thank you for listening, and bye!